0: Amen. God is so good, isn't he? What a sweet presence we feel in this place. Amen. I love the presence of the Lord. So wonderful. I want to say I'm so thankful that I finally figured out where the bass player's playing. I have been losing my mind. I have scanned and scanned. And I, I said, I hear the bass, but I don't see it. But whoever it is, he's, he's awesome. And I saw him tonight. So I'm not losing my mind. Praise God. Amen. God is so good. Amen. I'm going to be preaching on faith tonight. A little bit of faith. Amen. It's amazing what happens when your faith is in the right place. Amen. You can feel it already in this place because some of us already are exercising our faith. We all have faith, but we put it in the right place, and that's in the hands of God. Amen. And I believe that I plan on teaching, but I might be preaching. I don't know. I don't know, but I want God to do what he wants to do tonight. That's the most important thing, church. As if we'll allow God to do what He wants to do tonight. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, i want to go ahead and turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Very, uh, I would say, common. We've, we've all pretty much heard this, but I want to preach about it again tonight. Uh, it's been a while since I've personally preached on faith. But uh, it's funny how God works too, isn't it? I'm, I'm preaching on faith, and He gives me just very few notes. Like he's expecting me to practice what I preach tonight, amen? All you, all you men, young ministers, you know what I'm talking about. It's God, he expects you to practice what you preach, amen? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another version says, now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. All right, let's pray together, shall we? Let's pray, and, and let's want. we want God to do his will. Lord, right now, you see your will. We want your will today, God. Lord, open our hearts and our minds. Let us hear what you have to say, God. Let us put our faith where it needs to be, God. Let us take it away from this world and put it in your hands, God. We've got to trust you. We've got to, we've got to expect you to be God in our lives, Lord, to do your will, Lord. Break every chain, any bondage, any strongholds. God, do your will, and everybody say in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. My title is simply this, The Foundation of Faith. Amen. The Foundation of Faith. I want to say thank you, Brother and Sister Gandy, for allowing me to, to minister tonight. I don't take it lightly. We're moving here to the area, and this is our new home church, and we are blessed. We are blessed. We get excited, and we get to come to the house of the Lord and, and be with each and every one of y'all. Y'all have been so kind to me and my family, and I just want to say thank you. Amen. Okay, so a foundation, the foundation of faith. When you know, if you know anything about houses, you've got to understand that no matter how pretty the house may be, if the foundation is compromised, if if, if there was any kind of lack of effort in the foundation, then everything that is beautiful is eventually going to crumble. Amen. It may look great. When everything is perfect, but when when erosion comes, whenever summer droughts may come, whenever too much rain may come, it will eventually destroy that beautiful house. Why? Because the foundation wasn't correct. Amen. Everything is is strong. Everything that has strength, it always comes from the foundation. All right. So the most important and powerful aspect of faith is the foundation on which it is based upon. Amen. You see, we all have faith in something. You look at people in this world. If you follow somebody long enough and you find out what they're passionate about, you'll find out what they have confidence in. And what somebody has confidence in, that's where their faith is going to come from. That's where their faith is put in. When you see people that have jobs and they make good money, and I'm all for that, that's great. But it's hard. The Bible talks about it. It's hard to still have faith in God when you have your own means. That's why in other in these other countries that I get blessed to travel into, these people are hungry and hurting. It's because they don't have ways to just overcome sickness. They don't have ways to just become safe. They have to depend upon their God. Amen? Amen? And so what you have trust in is usually what you have faith in. Faith is... It's not belief without proof, but trust without reservation. Amen. We're all given a measure of faith. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, every one of us, we have a measure of faith. I don't think you just one day get more faith. Now, I believe you can have more faith in something in the sense of when, you, when God proves himself to you, you can, it's easier for you to have faith in God because, because he's proven himself to you. Amen. I understand that. But the Bible says we are all given a measure of faith. We all have faith. Like I just said, we decide where that faith is. We choose, do we have faith in in medication? And I'm for medication. I understand. I'm not a fanatic, and I'm all about balance. I get that. But understand what I'm trying to say. We all have those times in our life when we get to choose where are we going to put our faith in. I'm going to tell you, as an evangelist, you learn to live by faith. When God tells you to quit your job, when God tells you to do things that makes no sense at all, When God tells you to do things that a lot of other men will look down upon you because now that my family can't, we can't flourish like we once did. And to go full time, well, God, I've only preached outside of this church seven times and you want me to go full time? That kind of sounds foolish. But you do it anyways and, and through faith because you trust God more than you trust your job and your career and the other people's opinions. You step out in faith and you see how God amazingly begins to put you on the minds of other people and you begin to get phone calls and phone calls and phone calls from people you don't even know. What I'm trying to say is is, is living for God, you're going to come to the conclusion. You're going to wind up in in, in a place where you have to choose who you're going to trust. You're going to find out really where your faith is. And it's going to be in what you know. It's going to be in what you know. It, 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 that's the reality of it. That's why it's so important, church, to have a walk with God, to talk to God daily, to understand the Word of God, to dissect the Word of God, to read the Word of God. Because when turmoil comes and when challenges comes and when God asks you to do something foolish, you're going to need to know who your God is. Because it's going to take trust to step out of that boat to walk on that water. It's going to take trust, like I said, to look at a king and say, no, I'm not going to stop praying for my God. I'm going to continue, even though you put me in a den full of lions. But you see, all these great men of God and women of God that did great things, it wasn't blind faith. It was faith that was built upon a relationship with God and knowing their God. You don't just get blind faith. People with blind faith are crazy. I've seen some televangelist. You've seen the video. They're making fun of him. I blow the wind of God upon the COVID mess. And he blew something. That guy's crazy. That's faith without relationship. He do not have the whole a He's a nut. You can just name stuff and claim. We've all seen those people. They just name stuff and they claim stuff, but they have no true faith in their God because they don't know him. Those people are crazy. But true faith, the people that you read about in Hebrews, those were people that got faith and they had the faith that they had towards God because they had a relationship with God. Their foundation wasn't man, it wasn't pride, it wasn't it was the presence and the relationship that they had with God. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. By faith Abel brought God a better sacrifice than Cain. By faith Enoch was taken from this life. By faith Noah when warned about the things not yet seen. It never happened before. They couldn't, He didn't even know what to expect. In holy fear built an ark to save his family. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive in his inheritance, obeyed and went. By faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children because she considered him faithful. Who had promised by faith Abraham when God tested him offered Isaac. I'm going to read this because this is so powerful. He offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God said to him it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Can you imagine? That makes no sense. But why was he willing to do that? Because he had a relationship with God. Why can I say that? Because in his mind, he reasoned. He knew the personality with God. And it said the reason that he did it is because he said Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. See? And I can continue to read, but I'm not. these All of these men and women... They had great faith, and their great faith came through a relationship and knowing God. Abraham knew the personality of God. He knew who God was. That's why in his mind he said, yes, if I sacrifice my precious baby boy, if I sacrifice the one that God gave me, really God will just raise him back from the dead because I know the heart of my God. I'm here to tell you some of the greatest moments in time when your faith erupts and great things happen. It's when you, you know the heart of God. You see, as, I think that's what is so special about a child. You see, my babies know that I love them. They know that daddy's going to do anything and everything that he possibly can. I love it. The other day, something broke, and I don't even know if it was possible to, to fix. I don't even remember what it was. But it was, my little boy said, it's okay. Daddy can fix anything. I was like, my goodness, if I can't fix it, I'll go buy you another one. But he knows his daddy. He knows the heart of his daddy. See, you can know somebody. You can know something about somebody, but it's different when you know somebody personally. Amen. And these people knew God personally. They had an intimate relationship with God, and that's what made their faith so powerful. Please hear what I'm saying. I, go, I went to Africa. I go to Africa every year. This year I didn't. i was supposed to go to Zimbabwe and Botswana, and both trips got canceled due to all this COVID mess. And I am homesick for Africa. I love going over there. I told uh, Brother Long, the missionary, I said, I if if, if I know the revivals are, are, are canceled, but if I can just come over there for a week or two and just preach, you just tell me what I need to do. I'm ready to get over there. And, and I go over there every year. We do healing services. We do... It's like Cultivate. It's Cultivate. We call it Harvest over there. Uh, and, and what we do is it's a it's a conference that we, we teach. It's a lot more teaching than it is just preaching. But we teach and we educate and we teach the whole country, uh, all the all the ministers in the entire country of Botswana. Uh, we just teach them different aspects of ministry. And it's doing great things. The uh, Holy Ghost is pouring. It's amazing what's going on in that country. But uh, we also do every night we'll do like a Holy Ghost uh Service and then healing service, and uh, it's amazing how God works because God put it on my heart to do that one time, and uh, I'm like, God, I've never done that before. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I have no idea. You think that you get prepared and then God sends you, but a lot of times He just throws you out there, and you kind of got to learn as you go. And I get an amen. And as as we're over there, uh, there was we did the healing service, and I've never done a healing service. I don't know what I'm doing. I watched every Billy Cole episode I could watch trying to figure out what in the world to do. People are people, you know, methods work, but God, I don't have a clue what I'm doing, you know? And these people were so hungry. They were so hungry for the things of God, and we talked about God, and we preached about God, and, and great things, and the atmosphere was amazing, and it, it blew my mind. I, in the midst of all the stuff that was going on, because the enemy doesn't like it when God begins to move, it was funny, I had a, a sty pop up pop up in my eye, and my eye got really big, and I was embarrassed about it. I said, oh my Lord, I look like a, a goofball up here. How am I a man supposed to be over a healing service, and I got this thing, and God won't even heal it. Here we go. God has a way of keeping you humble. Amen. Despite all that mess, God still came down. And in the midst of that, there was people that were deaf that got healed. There was people that that were blind that got healed. There was people that were demon-possessed that got healed. Amazing things took place. And it's amazing to me that when the atmosphere gets right and when people get, get into a place where the presence of God is manifested and they feel the heartbeat of God and they feel the passion that God has and they understand that God loves them. When they, I, I believe that's the atmosphere that you need for God to do the miraculous, for faith to be manifested. And that's what happened but it takes a relationship with god everybody that was on that team was praying not selfish prayers but selfless prayers god you see the people that need you god heal them god do your will god i know you love them more than i could ever love them god i know you know the hurt and the pain that they they've they've encountered you know all these things god heal their bodies heal them it took a group of people that knew the heart of god created an atmosphere that God began to move and walls began to just break down and chains began to fall and the healing took place. We've got to know the heart of God, church. We've got to pursue the heart of God. One of the greatest things that will amplify your faith is knowing that your God loves you to stop anything and everything that he may be doing in our minds and to do whatever you need him to do, amen? That's the thing. When you think about a heart of a child like I was speaking about, heart of a child, a child fears nothing. A child, they they trust their father. They trust. There's a blind trust that they have. And they have faith that mommy and daddy are going to take care of them. They become vulnerable. Vulnerable. The Bible speaks about having the heart of a child. We have to have that heart. We have to be like a child. Child trust. When you look in the, and I preached this here before, but whenever you look in the book of Acts, when it talks about the first thing you've got to do is to repent, that's simply surrender. You've got to trust. There's power in trusting God. There's power in that, amen? Where is your faith? See, the closer we come to the coming of the Lord, the more we we need to have faith in him and not man. Isaiah, the Bible says in 40 and 8, Isaiah, that the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. 1 John 2 and 17 says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. In the end, men's ways, they're going to crumble. In the end, philosophies are going to fall apart. In the end, all the stuff that we see that's going to be desolate, it's all going to be wiped out in the end. But God's word will reign forever. And in the end, we're all going to kneel down and we're all going to confess that Jesus Christ is, Is Lord of all. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that for us to understand that we've got to have our faith in something that's eternal, not in something that's temporary. This world is temporary. Your jobs are temporary. Relationships are temporary. All of that mess is temporary. And if your faith is in something temporary, then it's going to be, it's going to fall. It's going to fail you sometimes. But if you can gain a relationship with God, if you can do everything you can to hold tight to God and understand that God loves you more than you could ever imagine, then I'm here to tell you, your faith is in something that's eternal. And your faith is going to be forever strong. I don't care how much faith or how little faith you have. If it's in God, that's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need more faith. You don't need a little more faith. All you need is the faith that you've got, and it needs to be in God. That's the key. That's the key. See, when I got my mind off of what I couldn't do, off of what I I was able to do, and I got my mind on what God was able to do, it was amazing. My faith was in the right place. And when my faith was in the right place, doors began to open. Miracles began to take place. All I did was change what my faith was in. I took my eyes off of myself and my lack of abilities, and I put them in the hands of a God that lacks nothing. I prayed today, God, what do you want me to tell this church? All he said, it's all about where you have your faith. It's all about what your faith is in. I'm here to tell you, some of us are struggling. It's okay to be honest. I try to be as real as I can with people. Sometimes we all struggle with what we put our faith in. Sometimes we get tired. Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes we just have enough. But God is saying, don't go back to your old ways. Don't put your faith back in that job. Don't put your faith back in your finances. But trust in me. Just trust in me. Amen. Amen. We're all given a measure of faith. We're all given a measure of faith. I love what the Bible says in Psalms 20 and 7. It says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we we re- will remember the name of the Lord our God. You see, this is David. This is David. This is, this is in Psalms. The Bible talks about it. This is David. He's he, it's Something that is so unique about this is it, it depicts everything. Some people trust in chariots and horses, but I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. Some people have other things that they have more faith in than God. But but those things, as powerful and as mighty as those things are, I'm still going to trust my God. That's what David was saying in essence. But I want us to understand really what was going on in this picture. You see, David was at war with the Ammonites and the Syrians. You see, the Syrians, they were powerful because they flourished with chariots and horses. They were very powerful with the horses that they had and the chariots. And yet here's David, the king of Israel, who serves a God. Then in Deuteronomy 17 and 26, says, says part of the reason it says uh, uh, he commanded in the law of Moses that the king of Israel would not multiply horses for themselves either for use in cavalry or to pull war chariots. Look at Moses. So they, here he is going against a group of people that their power is in horses and chariots. And yet here David is serving a God that says you can't put no power in horses and chariots. It might be why David had mules. He found a little loophole in that system. Isn't that about how we do things anyways? Isn't that humanity? Well, he didn't say nothing about a mule. All the kings rode mules if you look into it. But here David is, he's saying this. He's saying this. Some put their trust in chariots and horses but I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. You tell me about that, that's a a tough place to be. You're looking at a group of people that that flourish. And where they flourish, God says you can't even touch that. Where their strength is, God's saying, "Uh uh-uh, that's that's off limits for you. Because God understood. If they were able to use chariots and horses, then they were going to lose faith in God. Their faith was going to be transferred. From him to the to the method. Understand what I'm saying? There's so much more to that scripture than what we think. What am I trying to say today? I'm simply trying to say this. You are a powerful church. This is a powerful group of people here. God has you here for a reason and for a specific purpose. Some of us, I believe, are struggling with some things in our life. We try to. We as human beings, we we get to the place where we get so tired, we just say, you know what, I'm going to make things happen. When you begin to make things happen, really what you're doing, you're just saying, God, I'm not trusting you no more, but I'm going to trust chariots, and I'm going to start trusting horses. And God is saying, I can't do anything with chariots and horses. When you begin to trust that, then that's all you've got. I've got to back out, and I've got to let that happen. God is saying, if you'll just trust in me, that I'm gonna do everything that I've promised you, that I, everything that you feel and you desire for me to do. So I'm here to just challenge us today as a church. Keep your faith where it needs to be. Keep your faith where it needs to be. If you're a young man here and you, and you got a calling to pray, keep your faith where it needs to be. If you need more money, if you got more money than you got money, keep your faith where it needs to be. If you're having struggles at home, keep your faith where it needs to be. Whatever your struggle is in your life, God is simply saying, don't look at any other means or method, but keep your faith where it needs to be because God has you, like I said on Sunday, right in the palm of his hands. And I promise you, you're in better hands with him than you are in any chariot or with any horse. Because like a good father, he knows right where his children are. He knows right where you are, right? I know everything about my babies. I know where they are at all times. I know my son's insecurities. I know where he's confident in. I know everything about my babies. Why? Because I'm a good father, and that's my responsibility. How much more does he, not, does he know about you and about me? Here, just encourage us. Some of you you're, just, you, you're on the fence. You're trying to decide, what do I need to do to make something happen? God is saying, just keep your faith in me. Keep your trust in me tonight. Amen? Can we stand? Stand. Let's close our eyes for a minute. Can we do that? Let's let God begin to speak to our hearts. If we'll open our hearts, God will speak to us. Come on, if we'll just open our hearts tonight, God will speak to us. It's only 8.20. We got a little bit more time. Let's just let God open, speak to our hearts for just a little bit right now. Jesus, do your will. Do your will, oh God. Oh Jesus, the foundation of faith. God, let us trust in you. Let us not lean to our own understanding, God, but let us trust in you today. God, you've got it right. You've got us right in the palm of your hands. You know everything about us, you know right where we are, God. Let us not make things happen, but God, let us allow you to allow things to unfold in our lives. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, you are so faithful. You are so worthy. That's it. Come on. Let's just open our hearts to him for a moment. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. We've got to trust you, God. We've got to trust you, God. We've got to know you more. Could it be that we're wanting to change who we have trust in because we're, we're, we're slacking on our relationship with you? Oh, God, draw us into your arms again. Oh, Jesus, we've got to trust in you. Our faith has to be upon you, God. God, you're, you're unshakable, God. You're unbreakable, Lord. Do your will in our lives, Jesus. Let us trust in You. It doesn't happen the way that that we desire. And it rarely happens as quick. But God, when we put our life in Your hands, Lord, it will happen the way You desire And God. You're perfect. You're perfect, Lord. You're perfect, Lord. You're perfect, Jesus. You are so good. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we love You, Lord. We love you Lord. I can't I can't help but continue to feel there's a there's a struggle in somebody's life tonight. You're wanting to lean to your own understanding. You're wanting to take life into your own hands, but God is begging you, just let me be your God. Don't make that decision. Don't leave from where you are, but let me continue to reign in your life. Just trust me. God is begging you just to stay in His will. Don't step out of His will. No matter how pressured you may feel, no matter how weary you may feel, cast your cares upon Him today and just trust in Him today. God is begging you, young man, young woman, whoever you may be, God is begging you to let your faith be rooted upon Him. Don't move it to something else but have confidence in Him that He's the keeper of His children and that He loves you and that He cares for you and that He has it all figured out and in His time and it's all going to work out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to say this because I understand the frustrations that come along with just the timing of God. The timing alone of God is enough to frustrate us. We bought a farm in Crum, Texas. We've had it for almost three years, and it's beautiful. It's almost 30 acres, has two ponds, has big deer on it, has bass and fish all in the pot. It's everything I've ever wanted. And as an evangelist, I can just travel and come home, and that's, that was the place I wanted to build our home. And every time we'd get ready to build our home, God would say, wait. That's all he would say. He wouldn't give an answer to why. He wouldn't give me a heads up on how long. All he would do is say, wait. Wait. I'd say, God, can you throw me a bone here? Can you give me a little bit more to this puzzle besides wait? Looking back, I'm so glad we waited. But for those years, we were frustrated. I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to just go ahead and build the house. But you see, I had to make the decision. Do I obey what God is saying? Do I have faith in the wait? You see, if I wouldn't have known my God, I wouldn't have waited. If I wouldn't have experienced all the great things and in the, in the ways that God works in my life, I honestly would not have waited. I would have done my own thing. But because I had a relationship with God, and I understood that He had His very best in mind for me and my family, I chose to put my faith in wait. When everybody else said, why are you living in this RV? Why are you putting your family through that mess living in an RV? I chose to put my faith in weight. And I'm so glad I did. Because God's given us everything we wanted here now in Tyler. I've got deer in my backyard. I, they were only in my back pasture. Now they're in my backyard here, praise God. I've got trees that are gigantic. I've got oak trees that are the prettiest oak trees you've ever seen. I've got every, I thought I knew what I wanted. And I thought that was great. And I thought that was as good as it got. But because I chose to put my faith in God, God revealed something even better. Because I had a relationship with God and I knew that he had His my very best interest in mind, I decided to obey. And now I've got something that's even better. I'm here to encourage you today. Trust in what God is telling you to do. I don't care how good it may feel right now. And I don't don't care how much you may feel like you're going to miss whatever. You fill in the blank. God has your very best interest in mind. And if you will just surrender your will. Is that not what it's all about? That's what makes it so frustrating is it's our own will. That we have to say, uh-uh, you stop. I know, I know it don't make sense, but you stop. got to trust Him. I'm here just to just tell you, God has you in the palm of His hands. And if you'll trust Him, if you'll keep your faith in Him, God's got it. And I promise you a year from now or however long it takes for the, the season pass, you're going to be so thankful. You did because when you're coming out of the storm, you can't even see when you're in the storm. You can only see it. It only makes sense when you're out of it and you can look back and you can see all of it together. I'm just here to tell you, trust in God. Keep your faith in God today. Keep your faith. Make sure your faith stays upon God. Make sure He's the foundation of your faith. Amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise tonight? Amen. I get to dismiss us. Praise God. Well, that was some good preaching. Huh? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God is so good. We love each and every one of y'all. Let's go in the fear of the Lord today. Brother, can you pray for us and dismiss us? Can you do that? Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this word tonight. I ask that you would be with us, Lord, that you would keep us in the remainder of this week, Father. I ask God that you would move on a mighty way Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're dismissing the fear of the Lord.